live from the Love Shack. It's a little old place where we can get together and brought to you by Rustolium. If it's going to get wet, we get Rustolium. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. Exciting and new Come aboard We're expecting you And love Life's sweetest reward Let it flow It floats back to you Something for everyone Set a course for adventure Your mind on a new romance And love Won't hurt anymore It's an open smile On a friendly shore This is episode number 59, and we are recording on February 9th, 2013. And Allie, why don't we still have theme music? The power went out, and I ran into a door. So now I have a hole in my head. Is it a big hole? They glued it shut. All right, so let's, before anything leaks out of it, <laughs> uh, do we have a couple of emails this week, I think? We do, but first, can I ask you a question? Uh, Sure. Is it too early to start celebrating Brel? Yes, it is a little too early to starting uh, start celebrating Brel. Well, I think we should celebrate, seeing as you have just dug yourself out of Snowmageddon. Yes, yes, uh, the snowpocalypse is over. Snow, snowpocalypse, also known as Nemo. Yes. So we should have a little toast. All right, thank you. To Nemo. <laughs> he, he was here and now he's gone, but he left me a good 30 inches. Ugh. Somehow that sounds bad. It does. I didn't mean it to sound dirty. It's it's white as the driven snow. Okay. All right. So our first email, I believe I have that one, and it is from uh, Chris. Delmon, I once asked you if they made a sequel to EQ2, would you play it? You said no, and you would stick with EQ2. Now we know EQ Next is coming out. Has your feeling changed? Enjoying the podcast as always. Signed, Chris. So uh, in answer to uh, Chris's question, uh, I'm going to say what I said before. I I think I would stick with EQ2 for now, Uh, not really knowing what EQ next is going to be. And, you know, I know we've talked about uh, some of our theories about it. Uh, I I think I'm going to stick with the traditional MMO that I know and not what I think that EQ2 or EQ2 next, EQ next is going to be. Do we know it's coming out? Any more than we did before, though? Uh, well, I think there was a was there a tweet or a post or an interview from uh, John Smedley the other week that said something about there will be something to see at at oh. uh, SOE Live this year. 
Oh, <laughs> as opposed to in previous years when there was nothing to see. Yeah, well, I think he also he committed it. I think it was last SOE Live mm. that there would be something to see. And I think he almost implied, or maybe I interpreted it, that it is going to be more than just a screenshot. Remember because we saw that screenshot yeah. of a guy's bald head uh, with, the new, with the new engine they had? Yeah, come on. That was interesting. So I think it's going to be more than just a picture. What that is, don't know. Will we be able to touch it, smell it, or just see it? Don't know. The, the next generation of MMOs, you can smell your way through them. Ah, uh, that would be truly immersive, wouldn't it? It would be. Ooh, I wonder what an ogre smells like. Probably like me after I've been trapped in the house during Snowpocalypse. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Chris. We have another email here from uh, Antisolum, who wrote us in-game. And Antisolum writes, hello to both of you. Thanks for the podcast. It's quite entertaining. So, yes, as I told you in previous emails, I came back last July to the game after four years of roaming in the oblivion of other MMOs. My suggestion to returning players after that long, one, do not log on your main tune. Two, create a new tune and play it to level 20 or so, long enough to relearn the basics of the game. That helps a lot, learning the new tricks. For me, the hardest part of my return was creating a community again, You start new, most of your friends are not around anymore. You went from well-known to anonymous, so you need to build up a new community. Two, the gameplay. Meaning four years ago, the game was hard. Soloing a same-level heroic could be challenging. So coming back and soloing yellow and red heroics kind of puzzles you on how hard you can push your tune. Three, no get credit for all the achievements I had completed when I left. I know that's childish. I have to agree with Delmon. Some documentation is missing, even player-made. Being used to other MMOs where the community created spreadsheets and and analyzed the stats, EQ2 is lacking that sort of support. I recall looking for any detail on stats cap for the Fury and finding nothing since the DOV expansion. A good point. I had to do the math myself, thanks to Excel. Honestly, I don't really expect Sony to provide us with that information. The time of the big and heavy and beautiful game booklet is long is long past. But player community in EQ2 seems to have lost the will of such sharing information, and that is sad. Maybe the game is just too easy now. One enhancement to the UI I can propose, bring a damage spell detrimental window. A window that tracks only the spells or dots on your target. To finish, a small question. With the insight left in the new Chelseth instance, do you think we're about to see Luckland coming back anytime soon? Thanks for the podcast and all the best. So, Del, um, you're going to have to answer this question because I didn't read any of the quest text. Uh, no, I don't think Luckland is coming back uh, other than in small chunks scattered all over Norath. <laughs> uh, I really do believe it is blown up at this point, and I, I don't think it's coming back. So what is this insight in Chelseth about Lachlan? I don't I, recall any such. I don't remember it either. So Okay, uh, so maybe I'm not. Yeah, maybe I didn't read the quest text either. Ooh. Or let me rephrase. I read it. Maybe, maybe I didn't pay attention to it. Mm. I mean, there was so much of it, though, coming through this whole signature line. And certainly we have talked about this, just how long and involved the CE, the CEO, the COE uh, signature quest was. Mm-hmm. 
Well, somebody read it. Anta Solom read it, apparently. Uh, yeah, I uh, got to give them credit for, for doing that and maybe picking up something we didn't see. I do like his point, though, about how coming back to the game after a long break, you are basically a nobody. If you had a ton of friends and you, you know, you knew you were maybe a big shot back in the day. Now you're a nobody. You're back to the bottom of the line. Bottom of the barrel. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It, it's probably a little bit of a uh, new kid at school syndrome there. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody else has been playing and has those uh, established relationships. And here you are, the, the new kid, trying to get a little attention. Try, hey, hey, group with me. Hey, I want to play too, type of thing. Mm. Uh, so it's sometimes hard to break into those. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes you got to take that risk, go out, try to join a group, try to join a guild. Uh, even if it's a blind kind of join, you know, without doing a lot of research at least kind of uh, get things going, try something, or or really, you, you'll be alone forever. I, I don't mean it to make it sound horrible and scary like that, but uh, uh, I think you, you kind of do have to take the onus on yourself to take a chance, take a risk, uh, try some groups and, and try joining a guild without a lot of background because really you do need those support, so those sort of support things in-game to help you succeed. The other, uh, some of the other points he makes about gameplay being too easy, I think that is kind of, that's sort of echoed in a bunch of the emails that we're getting. So do you want to move us to our next one? Uh, Sure. Our uh, next email is from Georgian. And Georgian writes, hi, I'm a new player to EQ2, but not to MMOs or role playing. I'm a casual player, prefer solo play, although I'll probably join an RP guild at some point. I play on the AB server and bought COE and I'm a gold subscriber. First impressions. Like the complexity and the stuff I need to learn just to play the game moderately well. Love the trade skilling, crafting, and harvesting aspects. Love the overall look and feel. Graphics seem a little dated though. Hate how blooming easy it is. I'm level 10 and I've played exactly 6 hours and 45 minutes and 21 seconds. I've crossed into Gwenevin's Cove and stumbled around a little, doing about 18 quests, got tons of stuff I don't know what to do with, and haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do yet. Not exactly lost, but definitely dazed. But still, I'm level 10. Where's the challenge? Where's the sense of actually working hard and accomplishing something? That being said, I still like the game, and I'll know I'll eventually figure it out. My paladin barely knows how to auto-attack, although he's gotten pretty good at killing bears, especially little baby bears. As a good character, I don't feel comfortable killing baby bears. They're too damn cute. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast, sort of going from both ends to the middle. On number 58, you discussed how a new player can learn about things in EQ2 and the lack of a manual. I agree that a manual would be extremely helpful. EQ2 Wiki is useful, but it seems to be geared more towards providing lists of the things, although a user's guide is a good starting point for the mechanics of the game. Much of the information seems to assume that you know more than a brand new player would it be expected to know. Really like the show. Signed, Georgian. P.S. I don't know how many new players listen, but the acronyms and terms you all toss about could use a little bit more translation for us noobs. So, Allie, do you have any thoughts about some of the things that Georgian writes about here? Uh, Well, first of all, I think that's an interesting point that we use acronyms because I guess I wasn't really aware that we did that. And that's something that we should probably uh, be conscious of uh, because I feel like we've heard from a lot of new 
or returning players who, and the last episode, I just complained about how there's a whole new set of acronyms to learn for me after coming back after what, like six weeks away. Mm -hmm. So imagine someone six years away, all the new acronyms they have to overcome. So I guess we kind of take for granted some of those things that we see every day. So we really should be more conscious of that. And I, I think that's a good point to make. Uh, absolutely. And I was just going to say, uh, not only do we use acronyms, we also butcher acronyms like <laughs> I just did a few moments ago when I meant to say COE for Chains of Eternity and I merged it into CEO. Which is nothing. <laughs> Which is nothing in relation to the game. But, <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I can certainly see how that can be confusing. And I think it's something we'll take, try to take to heart and be a little bit more careful when we speak to avoid using EQ2-isms. Yeah. But he does talk about um, his early experiences in Gwenevin's Cove and the, you know, stuff that he's getting. I do think it's interesting. He says he's got tons of stuff he doesn't know what to do with yet. Uh, we had that experience as well. If you remember back from um, our little show us your noobs way back when we, you know, started new tunes over in New Hallis. Mm-hmm. And both of us commented on how much house stuff you get, but you still haven't found a house yet. Uh, yeah, I remember that discussion uh, quite vividly, actually talking about how difficult it must be for developers because EQ2 is a, a very vast game. How do you expose all these things quickly so that a player can take advantage of them mm-hmm. but not overwhelm that new player? And I think that's what he's talking a little bit about here. Like you say, like getting house items but not having a house, uh, potentially having all this uh, ornate and legendary uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Gear. Crap. Yes, thank you, uh, about tra- for transmuting and tinkering and, and adorning and all that. But really, uh, does a new player between levels 1 and 10 need to be bombarded with adorning and all that sort of stuff no. right off the bat? They'll be overwhelmed, right? Right. And yeah. you know what? It's funny because when I'm a new player in another game and I get some drop, I immediately look to see if I can equip it. And usually I'll just look at the level. If the level's higher than what I'm wearing, it must be better. So I'll just equip it. And the stats and all that, I think, unless you know what what you're doing in that regard, you're not necessarily going to be looking at every single little nuance and all the blue stats and, you know, how many adornment slots there are and, you know, if there's any AE auto attack or, you know what I mean? You're not really going to be looking at all that stuff. Uh, absolutely. And there's a ton of them on there. And let's not let's – not, uh... Get Delmon back on his uh, soapbox again about tooltips not being helpful uh, mm-hmm. to, to the new player when they, you know, this has 0.1 potency on it. What does that mean? Do, do I need that? Is that important to me in my class? I don't know it necessarily as a new player. So certainly that, that new player experience, and I know that they have spent a lot of time revamping New Hallis and Dark Like Woods to the point where we don't have the Newbie Island experience anymore much to veterans' uh, dismay, but really trying to take that new, that new person, the guy who just downloaded your software and, and installed it, how do you get him going so that the point he's not buried in a snowpocalypse <laughs> of, of stats and new information and mm-hmm. new, new ways of playing and all these, uh, you know, all these other things that are going on, uh, le- being bombarded by level chat alone? You know, can mm. be, uh, how, how do you see 
the the important things through all that noise. Yeah. And how much of the noise might be important. Exactly. Or maybe something down the road. I mean, if you are harvesting, I mean, all of a sudden you're tripping over those logs in front of you. Okay, I clicked on that. Now I got now I got these sticks in my bag. What what are these? And what are these for? And there's a rare. What does that mean? Right. One sparkly. Yeah. So uh, that that new player experience, I mean, uh, it, it is a really tough nut to crack. How to get them into the game and going, but not overwhelming them. Um, I do remember seeing some quests rewards, quest rewards that um, only give you one choice. And it's the choice that's tailored to your class. Yes. Yeah. But then and that seems to be restricted to the earlier quest lines. I wonder if all of the early quests have that or if all of them should have that in the in the beginning part, like maybe up to 20. My guess is I think that they probably do. And at least maybe and this is going out on a limb because I don't really remember it uh, because I did it at a higher level. If you go along the golden path, mm-hmm. the golden path may only present you with the one boot that your class would wear, your archetype would wear. Right. So that's if you're what a scout, in, uh, an, an agility-based boot or right. glove or whatever. Right, I that's think, what I mean. Yeah, that's I think I mean. that might be the whole way through. I don't know, though. I don't know because I don't remember. But I do. I think you're right. In the, in the early stuff, in the Hallis and Darklight Woods, I, I do think you get that. Yeah, there's so many details about um, how to create those things to ease the learning curve, maybe, but yet, like you were talking about, giving people enough information, but not too much information to overwhelm them. Right, right. It's, it's, that's definitely got to be tough. But, um, yeah, there, I think there's some places they can improve. But, you know, unfortunately, that requires revamping things, which, mm. you know. <laughs> so, But I do, I do wish him the best of luck in killing the baby bears. Oh, and not to worry, there'll be plenty of baby bears throughout the game that you can keep killing if you're into into killing small bears. There's a lot more coming in higher levels, too. <laughs> Just wait till you get to, like, Neck Forest. That's full of bears. Oh, yes, yes. And the tiny, cute little owl bears. Yes, kill them, too. Yes. Did you ever notice the owl bears, the males are tiny and the females are ginormous? Um, no. Oh, well, they are. I just killed them. <laughs> So I have the next email. This one comes from Vigorish. Hi, Delmon and Alicious. I started playing EQ2 at launch in 2004 and played through endgame rating for the Kingdom of Sky expansion. Then a couple of months ago, I decided to dip back into EQ2. Almost immediately, I got sucked back in and restarted my paid subscription. I had never listened to your podcast before and decided to give it a try. And to my surprise, your most recent episode focused on people returning to the game after an extended hiatus. So I had to respond. Returning after a nearly seven-year hiatus was quite overwhelming. The first evening, I pretty much spent just looking through all my combat arts and trying to remember how it all worked, as well as looking through my inventory and bank. I probably spent a good four or five hours without moving my tune, just looking through all that stuff to remember what I had. I should add that in addition to raiding, I was a hardcore quester and collector. So needless to say, I had plenty of crap in my bags and bank to wade through. Most of it, I had no clue anymore what it was for. Once I got past that and figured out at least how to point my daggers in the right direction, I think the biggest challenge for me 
was getting my head around the new stat system. New to me, anyway. As a raid-geared brigand, I, of course, had a lot of strength-heavy gear, which was now useless to me. I ended up replacing some of my gear with various quest reward pieces that were perhaps 20 levels or more below me, just because the stats were better than my strength gear. I'm still fuzzy on some of the new terms like potency. I haven't even given a thought yet to adornments, other than holding on to a few that I happen to pick up in questing. I also have only just started spending AA points and racial traits. AAs were still brand new when I quit playing in 2006, so they were essentially new to me. Anyway, just wanted to say that despite the steep learning curve, I'm definitely having fun, and I'm glad to be back in EQ2. Not fortunate enough to be on the Unrest server with you guys, but if you're over on the Oasis neighborhood, please say hello and thanks for the great podcast. Signed, Vigorish, the Relic Keeper of the Oasis server. So, Del, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I thought it was really nice that uh, the way he wrote his email, uh, even though he seemed to have a certain amount of things he was struggling with during day one, night one that he was playing, uh, that he didn't get all negative. Yeah. Uh, that he, he remained upbeat and positive, realizing, okay, there's a lot of change here, and I need to uh, deal with this change and try to figure it out. Potency, crit bonus, crit chance, all that stuff, all those blue stats, that's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about adornments. So you got your white, your yellow, your red, you now green. Where do they all come from? What do they do? The green ones level up. I mean, and, and of course, if he's questing, he probably has a bunch of um, items from, you know, clickies and things like that that you need for old quests and things like that. Yeah, I can imagine it taking four to five hours. That's, you know, plus this whole stat system change. You know, I remember when scouts were, you know, strength and intelligence for some. Um, and now it's all different. So mm-hmm. that's like a whole nother, whole nother uh, ball game. And, um, you know, having been raiding, you know, raiding is a whole different animal now. But the, the person is the same. And he probably maybe is interested in the same things that he was before. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a lot to take in. And I do think it's good that he's still positive. And hope he sticks around for a while. Uh, absolutely. And I guess if there was one bit of advice we could give him, would be to ditch all that strength gear. <laughs> That's good advice, Del. <laughs> if well, he hasn't already. Words of wisdom from yes. the Templar. If you're a brigand, you don't have to worry about strength. Yeah, I think he's figured that out. Okay, very good. Well, I, I, it's still new to me, so. <laughs> yes. Although, you know, he says he's not fortunate enough to be on unrest. You know, if you want to roll a brigand over on unrest, you know, uh, you, you could free. say he's he's unfortunate or fortunate enough that he has he doesn't have to deal with the the fun rest community. The fun, <laughs> fun rest, that it is. All right, I think I have the next, and I believe this is our final email. Uh, and this email is from the Green Armadillo, and the Green Armadillo writes, "Dear Ali and Dell." It seems like EQ2 is struggling to deal with things that are rewards for playing the game, but that are also prerequisites or a potential entry or barrier between new characters and endgame content. A few examples from recent shows. First, Dell and Windstalker's discussion of instant max-level characters and selling loot rights took the view that levels and gear are primarily rewards for which should be earned by the players. Second, 
Allie's use of the station cash easy button to get all of her masters sounds like it was motivated by a concern that her performance in raids would be detrimental to her group if she did not upgrade her spells somehow. That is to say, a prerequisite that needed to be fulfilled by any means necessary. Third, the 280 AA bobble with the new expansion solves the AA problem not because it's seven-eighths of the way to the AA cap, but rather because that it is just enough to finish your DOV heroic tab and that most classes see diminishing benefits the rest of the way to 320. If AA progression were linear to 320, this would not work for the same reason Windstarker's suggestion of selling instant max level characters does not solve the problem. What will your level 95 raid force do with a level 85 character? Fourth, requiring the entire solo signature quest line for access to the COE group content was not the best design, and SOE was correct to change it. Even so, this was another case where players wanted the reward because it was a prerequisite to what they actually wanted to do, but, it did, not, but did not want to do the originally intended content to get it. All told, I guess it's a struggle with the vertical progression and how you help the new guy or the alt of the veteran catch up. Signed, The Green Armadillo, Player versus Developer Blog over at HTTP, playerversusdeveloper.blogspot.com. So, Ali, any thoughts on what the Green Armadillo shares with us? When I first read Green Armadillo's email, uh, I have to say it reminded me of a theology class I took in college called Great Christian Thinkers. And I was thinking if we had a great MMO thinkers, the Green Armadillo would be one of them. He he kind of makes you uh, take a step back and kind of look at the bigger picture almost in like a sociological way. I mean, we could talk about all these little details of the things that we we experience in game and me using the station cash easy button. But to step back and think about it in that way of, you know, um, I'm rushing to get masters because it's a prerequisite. It's not really a prerequisite, prerequisite but in my mind... For myself and the way I want to play my game, I need to have everything maxed. And so, and he's right. I think I felt the need to fill that, uh, to to finish all those masters by any means necessary, even if it meant paying real world money or free money, free fake money. <laughs> right. And I have to be honest, when I first read his email, I struggled with it because I had to read it several times because I think because you're right, uh, it is very deep and thick. So there was a lot to take in. And, and understanding kind of, or what I'd like to think, trying to understand what his point really was. That the rewards for playing the game are also at times a prerequisite to playing the game. Right. Uh, and you kind of get in this, uh, either, you know, the chicken the egg. Chicken <laughs> egg, the, dog, the dog's tail wagging the dog. Yeah. type of thing or you know this this constant circular battle you you get in with well i need the reward i i need access but i need the reward it's kind of that uh, uh i need experience to get a job well how do you get a job well you need experience type right. of thing yes uh and and he makes a, a really a really concise list here of of things that we've seen like that uh and and most recently that that the signature quest line you really need to complete that so that you can get the next reward, which is the ability to purchase, uh, well, to, to, to loot O-Balls, right, so that you can purchase gear uh, off the steward mm-hmm. in the expansion. So you're constantly 
being forced to do another, and I, and I don't know if I like this term or not, but I'll use it anyways, access quest, right, mm-hmm. type of thing mm-hmm. to unlock the next thing. And, and is that what this MMO is all about at this point? Right. Um, I think I think he's right that SOE was right to take that out. But I believe that it's because it was mixing the chocolate and the peanut butter incorrectly because the signature quest line was a quest line. And a lot of people who do like hardcore grouping, I I shouldn't say a lot of people. There are people who don't want to quest or who don't want to power through that. They want to play what the the way they want to play. And if it really is your way, well, what if my way is to quest a little bit here and then group a little bit there? I can't do that in the new expansion. You know, it's forcing me to do all my questing first. Then, you know, if you do it the the right way, the linear way, where you're not relying on somebody else to zone you in, right? Right. You have to do all your questing first, and then you can do all your grouping. And and you can't really it's it's mixing gameplay styles. It's almost like to take it to the the real extreme, if you know, if you want to come on this raid, you have to, you know, role play your way in to the zone or something, you know, that, that wouldn't make any sense. Craft the key to unlock the door to open the raids. That's a perfect example. Why, you know, and you have to be this level and you have to have this special recipe book that you get out of this special instance that you have to grind for months to get or something. Uh, It's, it's mixing play styles, I think. And it really isn't your way. It's our way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do it our way. And then you can play. And I think it was a an artificial method of slowing down the gameplay. But you can't slow people down. If people want to rush the end, they're going to, regardless of how many obstacles you put in their way. That's the way I look at it. And that's, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. But I don't think they should be mixing questing with, you know, because it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. And people don't like to quest. People who don't like to quest will dislike questing even more after that. But for that one specific example, okay, questing to to unlock the next content or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what if you had to complete a certain raid zone before you could move to the next one? Yeah, but if it's a raid zone to raid zone, I'm okay with that. Okay. And, and you're talking about one thing. This this signature quest line was how many quests? I mean, it was it seemed eternal. <laughs> it, it certainly did. It was over a hundred. But you know that that unlocking of something, whatever it might be. Now, maybe in your example with these questions, it's because it is two, I think you could make the argument, two different forms of gameplay. You had a very solo-oriented, completely solo-oriented quest line with with instances on it that were completely soloable as well in order to unlock uh, the purchasing of better gear. You didn't actually – I don't think you actually had to complete those quests to unlock those zones. I mean you could be zoned into them, right, by somebody else. You could be zoned in, but you couldn't zone into them. You couldn't zone yourself into what the heroic? I don't think so. Okay. I could be wrong. I never got that far because I, you know, I missed it. Right, right. And I, I'll certainly say I never tried to zone myself into a heroic without completing the, the entire quest line either. I just – it never occurred to me. But in that case, now you're kind of jumping play gameplay styles, right? From the solo line into heroic. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that would be like akin to saying you have to run all the heroics in order to raid. But that's they're kind of notorious for doing that, aren't they? Well, they didn't this time around. No, but I feel like it's gear-wise, you sort of have to run heroic zones to get survivability. Yes. Yeah. Because, well, shouldn't – I mean, well, not to take this down a gear progression discussion, but the rewards from the solos help you do solo content. Right. The reward from heroics help you do heroic content. You shouldn't need the gear from heroics to do solo content. Correct. Or in the same thing at the next tier when you move up to raiding. But I guess my point is I feel, in my personal opinion, mm-hmm. if you're raiding in one expansion, you should be able to take your raid gear into the next expansion and just start raiding and not have to go do solo content to replace your raid gear in order to do group content to then you know replace your solo gear in order to raid so that you can get new raid gear. I feel like you should go from be able to go from one expansion to the next with raiding or uh, grouping okay. yeah. or soloing or whatever it may be. You shouldn't have to jump from one gameplay style to another in order to get into your preferred gameplay style. I agree with that. Oh, wow. I agree with that. Absolutely. You... And, and I would say I've done that. I don't think yeah. I've been forced when I, you know, what, what was the previous expansion? Uh, DOV, right? Drunder and all those um, in, in the Sky Shrines. I don't think I had to rip off my uh, Sleeper's Tomb gear to ra- to get a heroic gear from Chains in order to do Chains raiding. No, but when Sentinel's Fate came out, it was a big leap. And all of the gear that was solo questline stuff was replacing raid gear. It was a big leap with Sentinel's Fate. Okay. Okay, I got to be honest. I don't really remember, but I'll I'll, I'll believe you. Sure, okay. <laughs> because I, you know, I, yeah, we have seen those sort of all of a sudden. You know, you're right. It did transition, but it wasn't like I had to wholesale drop everything that I was wearing off at the Goodwill <laughs> and get another right. set. No, you don't have to. I guess that's that's there's a difference between have to and well, it's really better. Well, right. it's still an option. Whereas access is actually have to. Yeah, okay, fair enough. In order enough. to get into a zone that access is needed. It's a it's a black and white decision point. Yeah, so I you know, in t- in talking about, you know, the Instamax levels, you know, uh it was Windstalker's point that uh she necessarily wasn't keen on max level tunes uh because she felt the reward was in the accomplishment of doing it. Mm-hmm. And buying it wasn't an accomplishment. Right. Well, I think it is interesting, though, to talk about these things because they seem like he's talking about, you know, they seem to have a difficult time finding the balance between pleasing the current players, challenging or challenging the current players, I guess, and making it easier for people to get into the game to begin with. But I think that kind of brings us into kind of what we really wanted to talk about for this show was this whole idea of reward and the max level. Like your point was max level is the only level kind of, right? Um, I am starting to believe that. Uh, as much as it dismays me, I am starting to believe that there is only one level in EverQuest 2 
mm-hmm. and that's max level. Whatever that may be at the at any given moment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I kind of um, when we first started talking about that, this I I thought we were talking about two different things. But as I was thinking about it, I really think we are talking about the same thing. And when you talk about max level being the only level or 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 let's talk about reward, reward for playing the game. I, I really think it's it's connected with a sense of accomplishment. Like we've been hearing from our listeners who are kind of new, some new people or people who came back to the game or whatever. You want to feel a challenge when you're playing your MMO. You know, you don't want to, nobody wants to push the button like a monkey and get loot. That's not a game. That's Farmville. That's Farmville or a slot machine, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not even the slot machine, a vending machine. It's a, it's a given. Uh, that's going to the store and buying something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to overcome a challenge. We want obstacles in our path because figuring out how to get beyond it or overcome it makes us feel good about ourselves. You know, we feel like we've accomplished something. Um, but on the other hand, you know, EQ2 seems to be, and maybe it's not just EQ2, maybe it's other games too, seems to be trying to make things easier. Uh, for presumably to make things the game more accessible to new people. But I really think, and I think that some of the players we've been hearing from, new players don't want things to be easier. They just want things to be more fun, right? I mean, fun isn't necessarily just winning. Uh, no, but I'm I'm going to pick on a word you just said. Okay. I don't think it's new players that uh, have this. I think it's they want to make uh, content accessible to all players, not just new. Okay. And that's really where the rub is. I mean, years ago, I I heard a statement, and it was probably a tongue-in-cheek statement, that uh, raiders make up 1%, right? Mm -hmm. And your top core raiders make one-tenth of 1%. So you think way, way back, and think back to Desert of Flame days, right? Uh, the Temple of Life, the end zone where you fought, uh, I don't even remember the mob, right? Whoever you fought back then. Uh, God King Anuk. I was just going to say God King Anuk. Oh, I'm sorry, it came to me. Uh, <laughs> you, how many players got to experience that content at that time, right? I don't know. Very few, I would imagine. Very few. But, uh, but developer time and resources went mm-hmm. into designing that zone, designing the the access, again, we're talking about a prerequisite, the access of farming eyes that you needed to plug into the floor to open the door to go in, you know, and you got a shot at it. Very and getting few, down there was risky at best. Absolutely. So very few players got the opportunity to consume that content, yet time and resources went into producing that content. And the art in the zone itself is Absolutely. incredible. It, it is. It was, it's a really cool-looking zone if you haven't been to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about it, well, I could have a developer making X amount of dollars an hour working on that that one-tenth of one percent is going to get to see. Or do I make stuff so that everybody gets an opportunity to, pres- uh, to play it? Where's my, where's my developer's time best spent? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're making something that only a certain few are going to ever get to see, where's the return on that on that salary, that FTE's efforts, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's trying to provide content that 
more players can take advantage of. I mean, how many times at Fanfare, and although I'll pick on this one example, I want to be able to walk into Trankanon's lair and pick up the Chelsea stone. Well, Bilbo or Frodo did it. Well, that was a movie, honey. Uh, this, <laughs> this is real life. This is EverQuest too. This is real life. <laughs> right. Uh, so, again, I mean, players keep asking for this. Uh, players want more players want this. They want to be able to complete the signature line without having to kill the end game mob to get the reward. But here's my my problem with that. So you're talking about God King and Nook, which only you know this you know mystical one tenth of one percent got to see at level. I think what they're trying to do now, where zone art is kind of repurposed and and used in the group zone the you know heroic solo and raid zones equally everybody gets to experience some of that piece of the story and see the art and everything you know i think there's a way to do it where people are everybody is getting to share that experience but there's still the challenge in your way you know it doesn't have to be making the hardest content easy for everybody and I don't think they've done that necessarily. Uh, they've given people the opportunity at every different style of gameplay, even you know trade scaling where there's like no adventuring, the ability to see the lore and the art and the character models and all of that. Are we talking about two different things here? No, I think we are talking about the same thing. It's uh, yes, they, they're presenting that because why players want that. Right. Everybody wants it. So they are catering to that. So uh, they're making more content more accessible to more players. They're getting mm-hmm. a better return on their development investment because more players are able to consume it. I but agree. I guess I, I'm still seeing, though, that it seems to be the game seems to be constantly being made easier. Well, so, Do you not see that? I mean, it feels – I mean, I feel like we hear from more and more people that, you know, where is the challenge in – moving forward one step and take getting a level yeah well okay okay fair enough yes the the game in that respect leveling is easier right than it ever was before because i would argue and this comes back to my original statement levels don't matter anymore ali they but really i disagree don't. with that i really think levels should matter uh, because no i, I feel, disagree i know you do but let me just get to my point okay I feel levels should matter. I feel like it should be much harder. I know there's 95 of them. And yes, that's a lot. But I really feel like you're right when you say max level is the only level that matters. Because I I don't think that's true for every single person, obviously. There are people who enjoy doing what they do. And okay, so those people aside, for a lot of people who want to play with many people in an MMO and do group content or raid content or role play or, you know, socializing in guild chat or whatever. Okay. I think for a lot of people, levels are relevant, but they have ceased to be relevant in the way EQ2 is today because all you're doing is solo playing. You're basically playing a solo you know, it might as well be a console game because you don't really need anybody else. You know, you don't really even need to go to town except to empty your bags or buy new bigger bags. 
you know, you can level up a tune in Dungeon Maker. You can accidentally level by just adventuring around, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it is too easy, I think. And I I don't know. I guess I, I feel like it shouldn't be useless. Those levels shouldn't be meaningless, but they are. And I don't know how to make it important. I don't know how to bring back the difficulty or if they even want to bring back the difficulty. Uh, they don't want it. And I'll be honest. I don't believe players want it e- either. And here's why. And I, and I, let me let me try to explain why I why I'm saying max level is the only level. Uh, historically, we had uh, tevel- 10 level range expansions. It went from 50 to 60, it went from 60 to 70, 70 to 80, all that way. All of a sudden now we're getting these crazy uh, two level goosepansion type of things, right? When, during those expansions, when you went from 60 to 70, what did you do during levels 61, 62, 63, 64? You, you did overland content. Right. Maybe you did a dungeon. Maybe. Maybe you did an instance. But those would be few and far between. When did you really start doing dungeons? When you reached the max level of that at that time. That's when you started doing dungeons. Why? Because they're easiest at max level. Nobody, nobody at level 61 went into a level 70 dungeon. Why? Because they'd get their butts handed to them. But that's how the game was designed. Are it, there any level 61 dungeons? Right. So what are you going to do? You're going to design a dungeon for level 61? What no. happens when that person dings 62? <laughs> well, now it's useless content to them, right? So the, the, that whole range, that whole 10-level range, all you did was march to the, to the, end, to the end level. To the next zero. To the, and that's where gameplay started. You know, that's when you started doing dungeons. That's when you started raiding uh, or, or being able to really be successful in raids, right? Because the higher you were, the better chance, the better probability you had of winning. And that's what it really is about. It's the better probability of winning. Why do I want better gear? So I have a better chance at winning. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we even have that today, right? The soloers want raid gear. Why? So that they can make soloing easier. I can get through that, that solo instance in 25 minutes or 20 minutes or 15 minutes now I just if I have feel- more gear. So, yes, it's an absolutely vicious cycle. I agree. But that's why those, ten le- those nine levels don't really matter anymore. They're just a, a, a waiting room to getting, to getting to the max level. Nobody lo- is out there looking for uh, – a level 93 anything. <laughs> okay. Right? But I guess my point, though, Dell, is, first of all, there's a couple of presumptions that you make. One is that there is no gameplay at level 61. That's not necessarily true. There doesn't have to be no gameplay at level 61. And not everybody who's at level 61 is just looking to go to 70 and go to a dungeon. You know, I didn't even know what a dungeon was until there was a dungeon to do and I didn't wasn't like trying to get to dungeons because really dungeons were kind of new ish with, I mean, there wasn't really much dungeoning dungeon crawling or group instancing or whatever until what? Like desert of flames. If that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess my, my feeling is if it's there, they'll do it, but you know, if you're not ready for it, you're not going to do it. And you, there's plenty of other things to do. But I guess my point is that, at least for me, I want it to be challenging to get there. And now, it. you're looking at it from the point of view of, well, I'm already done. I've done all this stuff. I just want a max level so that I can go do what I want to do, which is dungeons. Well, 
what if you're not that kind of a person? What if you're not the kind of person who wants to go do dungeons all the time and you like to explore the overland zones and oh. level 61 is perfectly fine? Uh, I no, because those people want to be level 62 because it makes the level 61 content easier. Uh, yes, okay. you, I will I will agree with you. There is some extremely small percentage of the pie that says oh, I don't think it's the, small. The, the the voyage is the most important part. I don't I'm not I, talking about the a, voyage. I'm talking about the challenge of every moment in the game. Then why not isn't, just then, skipping from one to nine just to get to ten? If everybody wants to If all challenge, you care about is ten, do you celebrate any birthdays before? Before 10 years old or 20 or 30 or 40. Well, now you're making Dorothy, real life. But, irrelevant right now. But, but here's the question. Here's the question, Allie. If people wanted challenge, right, at level 94, <laughs> then why aren't they all level locking at 94? Okay, okay, the okay. They go to 95 because it makes it easier. They go to 95 because it's there. Well, yeah, because it makes things easier. They would all no, walk at 94 if they want to challenge at 94. If there was a 96 and no 96 content, they would go to 96 because it's there. Right, because it makes life easier. You're that hitting a mob that's 90. Easier. If you're hitting a mob that's a level 100, you're able to hit them better and resist more of his stuff if you're at level 96. But it's because it's there and they want to check the box. Uh, no, because it makes it easier to get the reward. That's oh, why they're saying, doing if it. If there was no reward for you at level 96, you wouldn't level to 96. If there was zero reward for you at level 96, no reward whatsoever. But they're always, the thing is, though, there always but is yes, a reward. The mechanics play give. The game, play the game with me, Del. Okay. Play the hypothetical game. If there was no reward for Delmon, you're telling me you would stay at level 95. No, I wouldn't. No reward. Right. You would go there because it's there. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. You would go because it's there. Well, no, I. you know what? No, no, I would keep going, right? <laughs> Who in their right mind would turn off XP, right? But the thing is that there is a reward there, Allie. It, it, there but is I a reward. Even if the chests were empty, I'm still able to beat that content because it's easier because right. I'm a higher level. Right, I understand what you're saying. I guess my point is if it were just that simple where you just – throw your hammer once and the guy is dead. Is that fun? Is that fun? Is that enjoyable to you? Well, no, that you're making an extreme example. I know, but that's the whole point. We have to be extreme here. We have to. <laughs> I don't know if we necessarily have to, but uh, it certainly makes the argument ridiculous, I guess, and, and easier <laughs> yes. to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to go the other extreme. See, you have to be equally ridiculous with me. Right, and that and that's fair. I, I guess I come back to my there's no level but max level because mm -hmm. it it does make gameplay easier. It doesn't make it trivial, right? And that's what your example is. It, it makes it trivial. It doesn't necessarily make it trivial, but it makes it easier. It's the path of least resistance. Yeah. Right? Okay. It makes it easier to play old content when you're max level. Uh, it makes current content easier to play as well. Right, it makes everything easier because right. you're next level because there is no more. There's no 11. Right. That's why we don't take level 92s on 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 COE raids. One, they get killed. But two, it makes it easier. The higher level, the more spells you have, the better masters you have at that level. Your resists are better. Uh, the gear you can equip is better. So it's all, you know, it's all about being at that max level. I, I truly believe that the voyage between... Uh, minimum level and maximum level of a, of an expansion or a goose expansion or whatever it might be is is just 
work. It, it's just to get there. Nobody spends any time in those levels. They just want to get to the max level. I don't to- agree. That's so Spartan. That's so... I agree it is Spartan, <laughs> but it's true. And while it does pain me to say that a little bit, because one of the reasons why I enjoyed EverQuest back in the day, and this game is gone, right? This, this version of EverQuest 2 is gone, <sighs> is that there's something to do always along the way. The flavor. Yes, that doesn't happen anymore. But Del, you had that flavor. You tasted that flavor, and you loved that flavor. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, now you're full and jaded. Uh, I don't know if I'm necessarily jaded. I'm. I I believe I'm. I'm a realist. I think at this point. But I don't think everybody is that. I don't think everybody feels the same way. I think people who come to this game want to have fun and they want to enjoy themselves and. I believe that fun in MMOs is connected implicitly with winning, but winning when it's hard, not winning by beating up a bunny or a baby bear. I I would argue you're making my point, right? (laughs) People come to this game to have fun. Winning is fun. Winning is fun, right? But only when it's hard. Okay, then why then why don't we? If 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 that is the case, then why don't we all take on Chains of Eternity content with substandard, unadorned gear? Because the whole point is to min max. The whole point is no, to no, no. The whole the point is to win, be. to have yeah, fun. Okay, yes, the and that point helps is us win. win. Oh God, you're so exhausting. You're so exhausting. I agree. It is to have fun and it is to win and it is to overpower as much as possible. Okay, I agree with that. But I guess if everything was handed to you to make it easy, it wouldn't be fun anymore, I think. I agree. The trivial content is not necessarily fun. Uh, When I do trivial content, when I go back to... Uh, pick his own permafrost to get an achievement. Uh, getting the achievement was fun, right? That was the the enjoyment to me. Yeah, I can overpower that content at level ninety five. Absolutely agree. It, it is truly trivialized content. Uh, but I got my achievement and I got my little ding, and I so I, I had a happy in this moment for that. I guess I'm talking about naturally imposed barriers as opposed to artificially imposed barriers. Like you know, you're saying, well, then why don't we just go bare fisted? Well, I guess that would be an artificially imposed barrier mm-hmm. to winning. I'm talking about where, you know, you punch the kitten and the kitten punches back. Right? Okay. Not just punching a punching bag. Yeah, we have that. I mean, we certainly have that. <laughs> if if everything was trivial, Allie, then why did we wipe after a 30-minute fight last night in, in a, on a raid? Oh, God. Could that have been <laughs> more? At 4%. Did you need a cold shower after that, or was that just me? No, I needed a kitten to punch. I, I mean, I was just like, oh, my God, could we please try this one more time, hard mode? But No, 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 we're taking your lollipop away. You're going to do it easy mode and put you back in the diapers because that's where you belong. Uh, but there is <laughs> challenging content out there. There's always challenging content I know, out there. I know. It's just, I guess my point is that we want to be challenged. We want to be tasked. We want to be... Um, forced to use all of our wits. Oops, sorry. Use all of our wits, all of the tools in our little tool bag in order to accomplish a goal or solve a problem. And that is where the fun is. That's where the enjoyment is. That's where winning feels fun. I agree. It's when it's hard. I agree. The issue today, though, in EverQuest 2, 
that is occurring at max level. Right, but that's only because that's where the line is right now. That's only because that's where the the natural boundary is, not the artificial boundary of taking off your gear and making it hard on yourself. Do you see where I'm coming from? Uh, when I, as soon as they move the line, as soon as they move the line, all the those challenge people, every, moves forward, and everybody is going to move to that line. Right. So that so, all I the mean, stuff that along the way, and you know, Allie, I would say yes, I have fun because I do take advantage of all the heroic zones. I do take advantage of all the overland content. I farm shinies. I, I do all the quests. I do all that stuff. So I am enjoying the enjoying the ride. I guess right. if you want to say that. And there are a certain amount of other players who are doing that too. Uh, I would say once you start to trivialize it, it does become unfun a little bit, right? Why, why if I'm all decked out in raid gear, am I running this heroic zone? Where's the reward, right? Why am I doing this? Not just because it's fun. It's what's the reward? Because that's, I think, what most people are after. But I, there, there are people who are doing it. I'm just saying everybody's doing it at max level. They didn't stop and they didn't stop and smell the roses along the way. They went back to smell them after they got to 95. Mm, I think I think we have to we have to separate what we're talking about from other aspects of the game. I think the basic core aspect of EQ2 or any MMO is killing mobs and taking their stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what you've said that in the past. I have. Killing mobs, taking their stuff, but there's all kinds of other things that EQ2 has that is not involving killing mobs and taking their stuff that is also fun and can be somebody else's reason for playing but the basic gameplay is what we're talking about the the killing mobs and taking their stuff so this is not to belittle crafting or you know because when is crafting hard (laughs) or challenging or you know you have to I guess when the forge fights back right well yeah and I guess you could argue too the only level in crafting is max level Everybody grinds to max level, right? In a way, in a way. You, because you can still go back and make something at lower level. Uh, yeah. There's there's no uh, stopping and smelling. Oh, hey, I'm a level 58 woodworker. Let me stop here and celebrate. You know, you celebrate when you're 95, I would argue. Well, I did want to mention something. Uh, I was after uh, some at some point I saw a post, a blog post, uh, Rat Warlock, ratwarlock.com. And it was... Sometime around when this green armadillo email came in, it kind of made me think about that the two were somehow connected. Um, I was thinking about, well, his post is about the nostalgia of EQ2. And I think people get nostalgic for the way things used to be. And I, I, I feel this way when we talk about difficulty and we talk about easy mode and how how we're sorry that it's we're sad that it's too easy now and we complain about it being too easy and we wish it was the old days right and his blog post is all about that nostalgia and the way things used to be um and he talks about like the old villages and the 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 original quest lines that that used to be in the old villages and how they seem to be kind of haphazard uh but he says here's what he writes uh yes these original quests were fetch quests but they made the villages feel alive. And the lack of direction, call me crazy, actually made the game feel a little more adventuresome. And he says, the point is, in in retrospect, there was a lot that actually worked, even if it wasn't appreciated at the time. And he he links to a few articles from 2004. And one of them actually talks about heroic opportunities and how frustrating it is to be in a group when people aren't finishing the chain 
and that heroic opportunities seem to work best solo, which when's the last time I used a heroic opportunity? When I misclicked onto it. <laughs> so I know I've, I'm in groups sometimes where people use them all the time and I feel like a loser for not doing it. But, uh, you know, that kind of seemed to go by the wayside. But that's one of those little aspects of the game that if it were tweaked or changed or I don't know, somehow bettered, improved, it could be really, really awesome. I, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, I am nostalgic. I'm nostalgic for the islands. I'm nostalgic for the citizenship quests and how hard it used to be just to run through Antonica mm-hmm. without dying. Yes, but we've had this conversation in many different forms. I know. Uh, it comes up every, every so often again with, how about a progression server? Yeah, I know. And you know that's when, artificial, right? That's, oh, that is artificial. We talked with Windstalker about that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the amount of effort that it would take to recreate those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a lot of return on that? Uh, will you ever be able to get that feeling, that emotion you had when you stepped off the boat with the guy's lucky hat? But is it just emotion, or is it really more than that? Is it? You can't tell me that the nostalgic feeling that we have is only this this misty-eyed emotional state of being that it's not really tied up in that sort of animalistic need to kill stuff and take, you know, to kill things and and win. So what you're you know saying, what I mean? is, yeah, you're saying it's more than a feeling. <laughs> yes. And I, it's a, yes, it's a warm and it's a fuzzy and it's a no, memory. No, it's not just warm fuzzies. We it, had it, is, it, it is just that. Uh, you'll, you'll never recapture those sorts of experiences because they again. they took my game away from me. That's why. Not because it's not new anymore, but because they took my game away from me. They nerfed it to oblivion. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest. I disagree. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just that. I think people like to look back upon that sort of those days mm. fondly and remember them. Well, I certainly do. Uh, but And that's good. I, I agree. That is a good thing. I enjoy those times, too. I remember the citizenship quests and, and the boat and all that sort of thing. And Darathar, my first, my first raid on Darathar. And, oh, my goodness, how horribly bad that went. <laughs> uh, but... You know, it's just that it was it was strong at the time and it was it's good to reflect. But there were things that, you know, I think if you could go back to there, you know, I think we've learned through many, many movies which met with mess with historical time. Mm. You know, uh, you know, you, you can't go back and change or you can't go back to that. You know, you can't go back to the ribbon alley. I would like to challenge you on something. OK, I, I know I'll probably lose because you you always win the the war of wits with me, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I would like that, to but... to to delve into the listeners' uh, mailbag and see if we can't beat Dell here. Uh, you had said I said bring back the difficulty. You said players don't want it, and I disagree. I think players do want things to be difficult. I think players do want things to be a challenge. So please email me. As to why you agree with me, so I can beat up Dell in the next podcast. Okay, I, I'll be so. I'll be. Uh, I don't remember saying that players don't want a challenge. 
Well, uh, you can. You said players don't want it, and I will quote you, and you can rewind after we're done, and you can hear yourself say it. Okay, if I did say that, then I misspoke. Uh I will say players do want challenge, but they will do everything in their powers to mitigate that challenge. Oh, yeah, I agree. People will mitigate the challenge because they can, and it's fun. That's the fun of it. Well, that's being a higher level. is No, people don't want to overpower. Oh, just get to be a higher level. Just okay. get a bigger hammer, a bigger boat, right? Just get a bigger boat. All right. No, no. I think people really want the challenge. And, I mean, look at what happened with the Golden Path. The Golden Path ended what was the uh, the fun quest lines that kind of haphazardly went through the world and, and, and felt like you were creating your own adventure, kind of. Everything is done on a linear progression – and everything is pretty much solo until max level, which is making your point, I know. I think people miss that. I think people miss evidence by, you know, this blog post, evidence by how many emails that we've gotten just today that we read and all the ones in the past. I really believe players want things to be difficult, challenging. So email me and tell me why I'm right. Okay, fair Please. enough. So email Allie. Now okay. let's talk about another challenge that we have uh, in front of us, Allie. Oh, dear. Yes. We talked in uh, our last episode about alts, and we've had many folks email us about alts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've come up with a strategy for uh, addressing the, the great alt conundrum of 2013, Allie. And why Is don't it... you go over that a little bit? Okay. Well, we made a New Year's resolution to start an alt character. So we decided to start from zero or one, I guess, we, we're going to pick a new class. We're going to start from zero. We're going to get to max level, max AA by the end of the year. And we're going to learn how to play that class. That's the key. Learn how to play the class. Mm-hmm. Yes. So did you pick your class? I did. I am going to uh, do the Beast Lord. But you're starting over. I'm starting over. Okay. You're not going to feed this. Are you going to feed this? I'm not going to feed it. I'm going to treat it like I treat all my alts. All my alts are on their own. Okay. Well, that's not a rule, is it? Um, I think it's it, it necessarily a goal, not necessarily a rule. Let's try to. I think they should try to stand up on their own. Sending them legendary crap from our uh, other tunes is not fair, or giving them cedar money. They should kind of have to start out on their own. Okay. Make, make their right. way through Norath. Make your own road. Yes. No twinking allowed. Uh, yes, no twinking. I'm going to play a wizard. <laughs> okay. Why did you uh, why did you choose the wizard, Allie? Um, I was told by another person who has a ranger that I would really like the wizard. Okay. I tried a warlock and it was, I thought that was too harsh. <laughs> All right. So we have, what, approximately 11 months left? Ten yeah. Months? 11. Okay. 11, 10, 10 and a half. Have you started? No, no I haven't started have. because we just well, started. We have... no, we just decided this uh, recently. When are we going to start? When right now, starting for- tonight or to now, starting today. 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 Right now. Yes. February 9th. You have until December 31st. Okay. Good luck, Allie. You too, Del. So this episode is also an Allie Angle episode, Allie. I'm excited. All right. Are you ready for your question? I sure. All right. So, Allie, I've been told that love is life's sweetest reward. But I was wondering what you think the sweetest rewards in EverQuest 2 are. 
My number three is exploring the unknown. There's something magical about that feeling you get when you're seeing a zone for the first time. I remember in the very early days of EQ2 where the maps were all shrouded. Remember, they were all grayed out. Oh, yes. And I'd go into a zone for the first time and I'd kind of hug the right wall and just go stick to the right and inch along, you know, as safely as possible and uh, explore the terrain inch by inch. And, uh, you know, I remember the first time I saw Valence Tower in Antonica and how scary it was to go up there. There were all those bats that would come and attack you and kill you. Or, you know, stealthing along and exploring all the nooks and crannies of of Neck Forest. Uh, those days were fun for me because everything was new and unknown. Uh, yeah, that is that is very true. I think the first time you step into a, a new zone or a new area or a new expansion type of thing, um, I at least pan around and check it all out and look at all the nooks and crannies like you say uh, because there's a lot of sometimes stuff hidden in the art or in the walls and stuff like that. So yeah, seeing stuff for the first time. So my number two is uphill battles and hard-won fights. Finally achieving something you've been after for a long time is very sweet to me. Back in the day, being able to do permafrost, even just zone in there and live to tell the story or killing Blood Talon for the first time for revenge or or whatever, <laughs> or a quest maybe. <laughs> you know, when we cl- completed the, the Birdman raid in uh, Fallen Dynasty, I still can't remember his name or, or pronounce it maybe. And that one was even more complicated because everybody who was in your raid party had to have access to the zone in the first place, which was a big, long series of quests to get there. Or killing Veneral Sather for the first time after months and months and months of trying. Victory is sweet, but victory after repeated defeat is even sweeter. Uh, Yeah, I can agree with that one as well. Uh, And I think we've said it in in a previous episode somewhere along the lines that uh, without dying, the the winning wouldn't feel so good. (laughs) Very true. Uh, you have those permagrin moments when, say, you've been working on a raid encounter over and over and over again, and you wipe and wipe and wipe, and each time it gets a little bit better, and you can see that uh, progress being made, and then when you finally do win it, and the chest opens up, and you get your reward, your quest update, or whatever it is, yeah, with, without failure, you can't really have the excitement of winning. Exactly. And so my number one is min-maxing. It puts the ever in EverQuest. Whether it's questing or raiding or shiny collecting or achievementing, if that's a word, there's something satisfying in never settling for good enough. Min-maxing is fun and it's never ending. I'd like a like to make a bumper sticker that says that min-maxing is fun. Uh, absolutely, you know we've talked about too. There's, there's many ways to play EverQuest too. Some people enjoy the raiding side, uh, the questing side, the the crafting side. Uh, so whenever you go. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll use this term uh, the way I like to use it, hardcore into something, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that might be. It's not just about having a call list and rating. It's about really working hard to be the best at something in-game, be it, like you say, achievements uh, as one example, or you know the most collections done or something like that. Uh, there's a certain amount of satisfaction when you are that and, and maintaining, that, uh, maintaining yourself as king of the hill in that, in that uh, form of gameplay. Yeah, there are even people who are masters of the broker game. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> buying the junk and reselling it for a profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Allie, uh, then uh, let's let's uh, review. Uh, we've heard that the life's sweetest reward is love. But your sweetest rewards in EverQuest 2 have been? Exploring the unknown, uphill battles and hard-won fights, and my number one, min-maxing. Uh, very good, very good choices. Uh, and I think if you hadn't figured it out, uh, you know, uh, that's a line from the love boat, of course. Yes. Uh, theme song. So uh, I thought that was a really interesting question this time around to see, you know, uh, what what uh, what you thought were were good rewards, and maybe folks can write in with what they think are some of their best rewards as well. And and what a nice tie-in with Irelisi Day. Absolutely. Do you think we planned that? You know, that's pretty impressive. If we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, do we have anything else then for this, the fifty ninth episode of EQ Two Talk? No, that pretty much wraps it up in a pretty little bow. All right, so first let's say thank you then to everybody who took the time to download the podcast. We sure do hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, and let's also say thank you to this week's uh, corporate sponsor, Allie, uh, the Rustolian Corporation. If it's going to get wet, we get Rustolium, Allie. Uh, don't forget to check them out at your local do-it-yourself hardware store. Uh, take a look at their transformation line of projects. Your dream kitchen, Allie, just came true at a fraction of the cost. <laughs> wow. Rustolium. I just need to spray it on. Just spray it on. Absolutely. Let's spray on my new kitchen. I, I got to tell you, though, I went up to YouTube, the Rustolium channel, and watched them tra- transform this uh, disgusting looking bathroom. And I would have been proud to take a tinkle in it when they were done. That thing looked fantastic. Well, spray on your new, your own new bathroom. Yes, make a new bathroom with Rustolium. Uh, it's not just, I guess, for spray painting metal anymore. All right, Ellie. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, Allie. <laughs> All right, Allie. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us. I'm Allie at EQ2Talk.com. And I'm Delmont at EQ2Talk.com. You can also reach us in-game, EQ2.Unrest.Alicious. For me, that's A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. And I'm EQ2.Unrest.Delmont, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. You can join our in-game chat channel, which is eq2.unrest.eq2talk. We're also on Facebook and Twitter as eq2talk. Hope you'll all join us again for episode number 60. And say goodnight, Allie. Goodnight, Allie. That got a little heated. (laughs) It was stifling. I think people like it when you yell at me. (laughs) Stop arguing with me. He sounds European or something.